Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. We're so glad you've decided to join us today. We hope that today's message helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that the Lord has created you to do. Welcome to Uncommon Church, guys. It is an honor to be with you today. For those of you that don't know me, I am Josh Martinez. I am the family pastor here at Uncommon Church. And Pastor Brad and Pastor Josie, they tasked me with speaking today. They are in Colorado Springs celebrating the holidays with all of the family, Joy, Jordana, Josh, Rebecca, and for Brad, most importantly, Braveheart. Um, He sent the dog to live with Joy a few years ago, and that's who he cares about the most this week. He'll say it's the family, it's Braveheart, and that's fine. Christmas season is upon us. Who's excited? Woo! Jackson wants some gifts. Uh, You know what that means though, right? Christmas season upon us. That means Mariah Carey now gets to chase you across every radio station and every store. I don't care if it's PetSmart, Mariah Carey's in there yelling at you about Christmas. You guys know what I'm talking about. Every place you go into, every radio station you turn on right now, that's going to be the number one song that you hear. We love music around here. We have Spotify playlists for everything. We have a Christmas playlist, a Valentine's Spotify. We even have a specific radio station for Fourth of July fireworks shows. Isn't that cool, the technology we have? So in that, we can all agree that we've heard a song or two about love, right? You guys can probably name dozens, and some of you elderly folk in the room, probably hundreds of songs that have the word love in the title. From Whitney Houston's high note inducing, I Will Always Love You, which that song was written by Dolly Parton, if you didn't know that. Dolly Parton wrote that, so she couldn't sing it like Whitney, but she wrote it. She does fine. I'm with Vicky. To Elvis's tear-inducing, I Just Can't Help Falling in Love with you. From Queen's perfectly titled Crazy Little Thing Called Love, because that's what it usually is, to Beyonce's Dance Beat Crazy in Love. That's for Aaron. Shout out to Aaron King. We also have Joan Jett's power ballad, I Love Rock and Roll. And then Weird Al's hilariously titled I Love Rocky Road. If you haven't heard his version of that song, it's amazing. And after nearly 30 years, we still don't have the answer to Hathaway's one-hit wonder, What is Love? And y'all know what song I'm talking about. Start tilting your head. You know what I'm talking about? All my millennials in the room, say amen. We laugh, guys, but in reality, love has become a question that people define by what they believe. Love has become something that doesn't really have a definition anymore. If you love something, it's up to you to interpret what that means. Now today, for our sake, I want to get a better understanding of what the Bible says about love. Now if that statement doesn't make sense to you, don't worry, you're not alone, okay? In human English, we only have one word for love. What is that word? Love. Good job. I love my wife, but I also love a good hamburger. Right? I love my kids. Got Jackson here on the front row. Buddy the Elf, he is the lead in his school play this Thursday. He gets to be Buddy the Elf. I'm really excited about that. Not just because he's the tallest kid at school. He gets to sing and dance, and, and I love my kids. But I also love all you guys. I love you guys. 
They're not all the same emotion. They can't possibly be the same emotion, but yet we use the same exact word each and every time. How can that be? The only way something like that would be possible or make sense if there were multiple definitions of the word love. Now again, in English, we only have the one word. But in Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, there were actually four different words that translate into the word love. And so today we are going to go through those four words, write them down, make sure you know them, make sure you know what they mean. Okay, these are important. The first word that we're going to talk about is philia. Philia, it's the first type of love we're going to discuss. Philia is loosely translated to mean brotherly love. That's why the city of Philadelphia is known as the city of brotherly love, because philia means brotherly love. Philia love is not something that can be chosen. Now stick with me for a minute. Think about it. Do you really choose your friends? Do you really choose your friends? Or do you just naturally hang out with people that have common interests and, and shared joy of things, and then that naturally evolves into friendship? It sounds so good for someone to say, go make friends with that person. Go make friends with that person over there you don't know and have nothing in common with. Come on, it'll be easy. Where are all my introverts at? They didn't want to raise their hands. You see what I did there? <laughs> that was good. Oh, man. You can, you can, it's not really that easy. You can try it all you want, but friendship is not something you choose. Now, don't get me wrong. You choose to be kind. You choose respect. You choose to be friendly, but you don't choose your friendship. Okay, that just happens. And the problem with that is philia love can be confusing. You've often heard of making the wrong friends or hanging out with the wrong crowd. When situations like that, we end up feeling philia love from someone who does not return it, and that turns from a love and friendship into manipulation. See, philia love can be corrupted and turned into something evil. But in its purest sense, you can see that even though this type of love can be corrupted, it originally came from God as a gift for all of us. We're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. It'll be on the screen behind us as well. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3, it says, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and would not let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved, and the Bible uses philia, loved as he loved himself. The relationship between Jonathan and David was one of friendship, yes, but it was such a powerful friendship, it became one of a brotherly love. That was the word that the Bible used here. Now, unfortunately, today, when people talk about the love between two men, the world wants us to think about it in a sexual sense. A sexual love is real, but that is not what David and Jonathan shared. They shared a brotherly love. Now, the second type of love that we will talk about is called eros, E-R-O-S, eros love. 
which is a romantic love. It is a, a sexual love, one that is shared between a husband and a wife. Now, this might throw you off. Just bear with me. Like Philea, Eros love cannot be chosen. You can't choose to fall in love with somebody. You find them attractive. You find out they're just the right amount of weird that you like, but not too weird that it like makes you want to run the other way. We all are a little weird. It's fine, guys. You're a little weird. It's cool. But that's not the same thing as being in love with them. You find somebody, you find out you like what they like, they like the same movies you like, they want to watch Star Wars with you, not me, I'm out. Lord of the Rings, those are too long for me, I'm good. The, the second movie, the first time I watched it, four hours long. Who's got that kind of time? Four, no, we're good. Anyway, romantic or sexual love, Eros love, it's a powerful gift from God. Eros love is what keeps couples together when they have a fight. It's what ties a husband and wife together into an amazing new creation. It's incredible. It's an incredible love. Now, earlier I used the term powerful gift on purpose because the Eros love can also be misused and misapplied just like Philea love can. In other words, it is possible to fall in love with the wrong person. And how many moms in the room would say amen to that? My mom prayed for me and my brothers. We made a lot of bad decisions. And praying moms, you guys usually are right. It's weird. When this happens, the results are typically a lot more painful than that of a bad friendship. And let me give you an example. You guys all know this story. We're going to be in Judges chapter 16. We're going to start in verses 4 and 5. We're going to learn about someone who did fall in love with the wrong person and what happened afterwards. We're going to talk about Samson. Now, Samson was the strongest man who ever lived, but his strength was a supernatural gift from God that was dependent on him never revealing the source of his strength, to never tell anybody why he is so strong. Now, Scripture tells us that sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sorek. The ruler of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now there's several things to look at in this story, but first you need to know a little bit more about Samson. Okay, he was a Nazarite, which is kind of like a Jewish monk. He was not allowed to cut his hair. He wasn't allowed to drink alcohol. He was not allowed to come in contact with corpses or graves, not even those of his own family. See, Nazarites were specifically set apart by God and for God. In fact, number six describes Nazarites as being holy unto the Lord. Now, Samson, as a Nazarite, he was a little bit different than the Hebrew man of the time. So you can see the issue with him falling in love with Delilah, a Philistine. The Philistines, which is the same country that Goliath came from, incidentally, were rulers over Israel and they did not, excuse me, they did not worship God. So here you have a Nazarite who is set apart for God, falling in love with people who did not love God. As soon as the leaders of Delilah's country found out about Samson falling in love with her, they paid her 1,100 shekels or about 28 pounds of silver each. Now I did the research. And today's 28 pounds would equal $7,700 of silver, which is nothing to sneeze at. 
But I went back and looked, and the earliest recorded price of silver was in 1635. 28 pounds of silver in 1635 is equal to $275,000 today per liter who paid her. Now, you can imagine that even back further, probably worth a whole lot more. So they were offering her literal mountains of money to be able to kill the strongest man who ever lived. So for a long time, Delilah begged and pleaded and batted her eyelashes to try to get Samson to tell her the secret of his great strength. So we're going to pick it back up in verse 15. The Bible says that Delilah pouted. Let me stop there for a second. Men, watch out for the pouty lips, okay? If Lene gave me the pouty lips, she could get me to rip down every support beam in this room. It's the pouty lips, guys. We're weak for it. Watch out for that and batten the eyelashes. They know what they're doing. They absolutely know. Boys, they know what they're doing. Delilah pouted. How can you tell me you love me when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now. She's laying it on thick. And you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. And the Bible says she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Never been there. Finally, Samson shared his, she's not here. Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anybody else. And Delilah realized that finally Samson had told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers, come back one more time. He finally told me his secret. And the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep, stroking his hair that can never be cut, and then called in the men to shave his locks off and began to bring him down, and then all of his strength left him. Samson disobeyed God by telling Delilah the secret to his strength, which was his long hair. And as soon as he did this, he lost his strength. They gouged out his eyeballs, and then he was taken prisoner by the Philistines. That does not sound fun to me. I stabbed myself in the eye with my own thumb. I can't imagine them both being gouged out. Sounds awful. But Samson knew, culturally speaking, he was not supposed to fall in love with the Philistine woman because she was not a follower of God. He knew that. But even though he couldn't stop himself from feeling that way, he could have stopped himself from acting on those feelings. It's just like any other sin. When you want to look at that website or you want to drink in excess or you want to cheat on your spouse... Those feelings, they can come up, but then it's up to you to get into the word and to call on the name of Jesus and to call on your walk with God to push those things away from you, to flee from that sin. It is possible. When corrupted the most, Eros love is indistinguishable from lust. What you think is love actually all along ends up being lust. So here you have philia love, and you have eros love, two types of love that we can't really control. Now, here's the third type of love that we talk about in the Bible. It's called storge. Storge is best described as the love 
for a family member. One comparison would be the love of siblings, but most likely looking at the parent-child relationship is what storge love is. It is perhaps the most natural of loves, but again, it's something you can't control. Liliana has been very sick. All three of mine have been sick across this whole week, but Lily, poor Liliana, she's two, she's pitiful, she doesn't know. My tummy hurts, she has no idea what's going on. But all she calls for is mommy and daddy. And that's a natural, instinctive love and trust that she has for the only two people in her life that she has relied on for food, for clothes, for warmth, for caring, for compassion. Those of you with brothers and sisters, you may argue, you may yell and scream, you may even get into knockdown, drag down fights, but you love them every single time. And even if you don't want to admit that, you know that you love them. If something happened to them, you would be heartbroken and furious. You can mess with them, but nobody else better ever think about messing with your brother or your sister, right? That's how I am with my brothers. You can't help it. You certainly didn't choose it, but it's just there. Now, some of you may be wondering how storge love can be corrupted. A common example would be in your life, you've probably seen it happen where there are parents who take the love of their children a little too far. And their children, instead of being their children who they guide with love and compassion and faith as men and women of God, they become idols. They become more important than their walk with the Lord. That's how you can corrupt storge love. Now, the interesting thing is the Bible doesn't specifically mention storge love, but it does describe the complete lack of this type of love twice. Romans chapter 1, 29-31, it said, Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. They disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. That's a pretty strong portion of Scripture there. The word used for no love here in the Greek is astorgius. Astorgius, which can also translate as heartless. They have such a lack of love, they cannot even love their own family which is mainly the reason I really felt the Lord pressing me to speak on this topic today. We, Thanksgiving, you get together with family, you eat the food, you watch the football. It's great fun for most people, but there are those who it's not a happy time. There are those who you don't get along with family or you're estranged from your family. Maybe you don't even have family. So it's important to remind ourselves of these different types of love, and we're going to get to the last kind here in a second. But it's important to remember that there are those around you, even in this room, who the holidays are not filled with the same memories and thoughts and feelings that your holiday seasons are. Now ultimately, and here's where we're going, it's about God. It's about Jesus. That's what we can always count on. I'm getting ahead of myself. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it didn't put storge love any better. 
It says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And again, when it says these people are without love, it uses the same words that Romans use, which is hateful, heartless, without love. Now, obviously, this kind of love is important to God, but just like Philea and Eros, Storge love isn't really controllable. Now, why then does the Bible make such a big deal about love if it's essentially uncontrollable? Because of the fourth kind of love. You guys have heard this word. You may not know what it is meant But this type of love is called agape love. Agape love. Agape love is the most powerful type of love. And simultaneously, it is the hardest to do correctly. Agape love is, to put it simply, complete selflessness. The love that God has for all of us. This is the type of love that we are called to emulate because it's the only type of love that you choose to do. See, all other forms of love can fade. Friendships can end. Sexual attraction can fade. Even the love of your family can end if sin is great enough in that situation. But agape love is eternal. Agape love never ends. Now, how do I know this? Well, the Bible tells us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is often called the love chapter of the Bible. And it describes biblical love perfectly. Now, I'm going to start with verse 4, and we're going to go to the first part of verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. The actual word used here in Greek is agape, which is God's love, His chosen love. This type of love that God has for us, uh, in fact, is so strong that He sent Jesus to die on the cross. For our sin, even though we did not deserve that act of love. Now, I want to dive a little bit deeper and kind of connect all this together a little bit. In John chapter 21, we see the scene set before us where Jesus has been resurrected and he is now cooking, eating dinner, hanging out with Peter and John. Remember, this is after the resurrection. So what has Peter already done at this point? Denied Jesus three times, right? So imagine somebody denying that they were your friend three times, and then you're sitting there at dinner with them like four days later. Gotta be awkward. 
got to be awkward for Peter, not for Jesus, because Jesus knew anyway. As they are sharing this meal together, Jesus begins to ask Peter a question, as Jesus always did. Peter, do you love me? Now, the word that Jesus used there was philia. So, so Peter, do you brotherly love me? And Peter answers, yes, Lord. Of course I do. Jesus kept prodding, being persistent. He asked him again, Peter, do you brotherly love me? Peter's like, yeah. Yeah, man. I love you. I brotherly love you. I promise. Then Jesus asks for a third time, but this time in the Greek, there's something different. Jesus asks again, he says, Peter, do you agape love me? Do you have a godly love for me, Peter? Do you have a love that is patient, a love that is kind, a love that endures all things, believes all things, a love that will not fail? Peter, do you love me how I love you? Peter, frustrated at this point, says, You know all things, Lord, and this you know too. I love you. And Jesus then tells him, as he did each other time, Feed my sheep. See, for us, this is the perfect example of agape love shown. Peter denies Jesus publicly three times, and yet Jesus gave Peter a chance to declare his love for him three times. That is love keeping no record of wrongdoing, but restoring what is lost. And Jesus is asking Peter to love like this, to love like God, to love perfectly. Now, can Peter even be capable of such a love? Why would Jesus ask Peter to do something that he was incapable of doing? See, we see Jesus ask questions, but not impossible ones. So what does this mean? Is Peter capable of giving agape love? Yes. How? Because given to humanity is the Holy Spirit. And those who believe and who are followers can receive the Holy Spirit into their heart and into their lives. So when I call it a chosen love, what I'm saying is that I'm choosing to let God love that person instead of how I want to love that person. You are letting God love through you. Take a moment. Imagine that, if you will. If we allowed God to love people through us, what could that do? If people, when they saw you, if they saw the love of the Father, what could it do in their life? We could see far less eros, romantic, sexual love in our teenagers. We could restore a philia, a brotherly love to our communities. Guys, we are fractured right now. We are broken. But you know what? That's why I love this church. Any other church that I've been a part of, you see some drama. You see some infighting and people jostling for positions. They want to lead this thing. They want to do this thing. We don't have that here. 
we, I hate to use the word perfected, but I will. We have perfected philia love at Uncommon Church. But because we do it through the Holy Spirit. If we loved people how God loves people, we could begin fighting injustice, differences, and loneliness. Just the words of the Beatles. All we need is love. That's all we need. The Old Testament, we have the Ten Commandments. Okay? Rules to live by. Pretty good, pretty good rules. Don't murder, don't steal stuff, don't covet, don't have false gods. Good stuff. Honor your father and mother. That is a Ten Commandment, children. Son, honor your father and mother that your days may be long. But in the New Testament, there's only one commandment that is given. And it is said in the New Testament that it is the greatest of the commandments. And that commandment, agape, love. The reason that agape is used over and over is because it is literally the most important thing that we can do as a believer. And at the same time, it's the most powerful thing that we can do. Because agape love is chosen. It is always pure. You cannot corrupt agape love and because that love is exclusive to God. And as soon as you try then you are no longer in agape love, but it becomes one of the other three types that is not chosen. If you truly love somebody, you want what's best for them, even at the expense of yourself. That is agape love. It doesn't matter what you want. It matters what God wants to do through you for those people. Just like Jonah. We, we love the story of Jonah and the whale, and it's a cute little nursery story. But at the end of that story, Jonah says, I knew you were going to save them, so I might as well die. Because Jonah did not have agape love for the people of Nineveh. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. It does not sound like a fun time. I want God to love people through me. Agape love is how marriages last. It's how families stay together. This is how any relationship can weather difficulty that life throws your way. Your spouse cheats. There's an unbelievable amount of destroyed trust. But if you both then choose agape love, your marriage will last. If your best friend does something that cuts you to your bones, but they come back to you truly sorry and repentant and feeling terrible, choose agape love. Forgive them. My dad told me something once that has forever changed my attitude towards people. It's the reason you guys see the man standing before you today is because of what my dad said once when I was a teenager. He said that you should always love people. Always. Hug them, talk with them, give them your time and attention. Because you never know those that don't love themselves. That changed 
everything for me. I want so badly to show the love of God for that very reason. You never know how that hug, how that I love you, how that high five can change somebody's life, can change their eternity just by showing the love of the Father. Guys, agape love, it is not easy. In fact, it will be one of the hardest things you will ever have to do. But agape love is exactly what Jesus was describing in the Great Commission. When Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and share the gospel, the disciples understood this as an example of agape love. Because only loving a complete stranger with agape love is enough for us to go up to them and help save them from certain death by sharing the gospel. Stand with me. So today I want to ask you the same question that Jesus asked Peter. Do you agape love me? Not me, him. Do you love God? Do you have an agape, a non-corruptible, pure love with God the Father? Do you want to love like God? Or do you want other people in this world to feel that kind of love? If that's you today, if, if you're looking at me and saying, Josh, I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Love is love. Love is one word. It means this. If you have not ever had the love of the Father, man, you just don't know what you're missing. There are testimonies all over this room, former adulterers, former drug addicts, former alcoholics, former addicts, who nothing would take them out of what they were doing until they met the Father. And that love is an irreplaceable love. So if you're in this room and you don't yet have the love for the Father that we have, those who believe and those who have turned our lives from our sinful ways and have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, if that's you, I want to invite you to join us. Not, not just on Common Church, but the body of Christ. And knowing that the absolute best thing you can ever do for yourself is to choose agape love for the Father. I need to know who I'm praying for. Okay, so if you know now more than ever that you need God's perfect agape love, raise your hand for me. I see your hand. I see your hand. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I need you more than ever. God, I repent of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to agape love me for the rest of my days. You are my Lord. You are my God. 
and I will serve you with everything that I have. Amen. Give it up for the two people in the room that gave their hearts to the Lord today. If you prayed that prayer, you just made the absolute best decision in your life. Prayer team, I want you to go ahead and come back up to the front. If you're online today and you raised your hand sitting there in your living room or at your couch, wherever you were, and you made that decision to follow the Lord, I want you to text Jesus to 817-405-2244 and one of our pastors will reach out to you and help give you the next steps of what to do now that you have made that decision. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.